hey thanks for clicking on listening to or watching another episode of the reforge roundtable a weekly podcast that we do live on youtube over on reforge gaming and it goes live around 2 p.m eastern every friday where we talk about the latest gaming news and we got a really full slate for you guys today there's a lot going on so much so that we're going to actually have to kick a pretty spicy topic to the after show for members so Good for you, members, and full roundtable today. Thanks for being here, 30 and So Gaming and Ginger Prime. What's going on? Hey, thanks for having us, man. Each week, we each sort of bring a topic or subject to the table, and we we try to do that each sort of almost like hosting our own segment. So we don't take this as sort of a we interview or we, you know ask each other questions so we each try to bring something to the table i think we got some good stuff for you guys this week we got gotham knights looking i don't know what to think yet we'll see what mike has to say about it he's going to kick that one off for us he's going to start the show with gotham and then new world's doing some big stuff i saw i saw screenshots in my discord that i thought was from assassin's creed or something looked yeah. pretty looked pretty neat and then I will be talking about God of War Ragnarok as they are slowly, ever so slowly, dripping out the goods. Uh, and we looked at that today. And we are going to save for the members, if you're here for the after show, we're going to talk about The Last of Us and the price point and the reviews. I want to know what these gentlemen think, but you're going to have to pay for that one because... Frankly, I'm talking. I'm tired of talking about that game with the public. So, <laughs> let's uh, let, let's kick things off, Mike. What's uh, what's going on with Gotham Knights? So uh, IGN all month long has been covering, uh, you know, Gotham, telling us a little bit more. They showed us 16 minutes of the like, I guess, tutorial aspect of it. They showed the co- the costumes. They went in depth of what the, the the devs did with the the how in depth they're doing the city of Gotham and how they're building it on top of each other, like uh, in layers and and whatnot. Uh, And then they showed like a little bit more of the meat and potatoes of what it is. And a lot of things that people were asking about Gotham Knights was how is the co-op going to work, right? So it's two player co-op. So if I jump into your game, Lona, the way they described it is that if you're the host, I can join you, but I don't have to play with you at all. I can just go about Mm. the city and play how i want right i don't have to go along with you on missions or anything i can literally go fight crime in your city and do whatever or i can have that real superhero where all of a sudden you're fighting and i come in and throw my batarang and join the join your fight and whatnot and, and uh and join you and we beat up people together now i thought this was interesting i was like all right well then how does the xp work and they were talking about how the xp works where the story elements, if I'm in your game, it's the story. Now, if I go back to my game, let's say I joined you, you're five hours in the game. Now, I didn't play my version of the game yet. Now, I play five hours, start in your game. Now, I'm five hours out. Now, I'm playing forward. I complete those stories. I complete those missions. I get that XP. I decide to go back to my game. Now, I start the game on my my save. I play for five hours. When I get to that same mission that I started with you, it'll ask me if I want to either reset or if I want to um, like reset, meaning do it again yeah. or continue on and then you skip it because you've already done it with you, right? So I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting how they're, 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 they're figuring that out. And I was like, I was a little worried about that, right? Because games like this, sort of like um, a Redfall, why do I want to play with you if I have to do everything over again, right? So, oh, that's exactly how I, that's when you're talking. I was like, oh yeah. man, did they just dunk on Redfall? Because that's that yeah. it would be frustrating. Because 
anyway, go ahead, please. So, so another aspect that they're showing of Gotham is that they said that the villains, they're having like villain knights, they're called. And the villain knight is, uh, I guess you do a certain amount of uh, missions or side quests or whatever. And then all of a sudden you'll have a villain knight, which is like a a boss battle that would happen with, and you don't have to have these. They said, they said all the side missions or all the villains are optional, which I thought was very strange. I was like, wait a minute. So the court of owls is the, the main story that they're having for, for Gotham Knights. But then there's like Harley Quinn and penguin and uh Clayface and whatnot, but you don't have to do these. You could, these are optional missions on the side. I was like, Oh, that's interesting as well. Um, and then they also described it as, there's day-night cycles, but there's really no day cycle. So when you go to day, you're in your belfry, your your home base or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that's what you do after the night shift, right? So you do your night shift. And if you choose, Ginger, to play like five missions at night and Lono does 13 missions at night, like you're going to get two different... Uh, you're gonna get more clues, more things by doing more missions. And when you think you're done, you go back to the Belfry and then you kind of like progress the main story type of thing. So little things like this, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, and I, I think it, it's looking good, but at the same time, the gameplay to me looks kind of like sluggish or slow. I'm still up in the air with this game overall. I, I, mm -hmm. like, the, I like the stuff that they told me. I, I believe that this game... Um, I play Marvel's Avengers a lot. I keep bringing this up on multiple streams, but I play Marvel's Avengers, and I think Marvel's Avengers was a single-player game that they converted into a looter. Yeah. And I think what, <laughs> what Gotham is, when they were making it, they saw Marvel's Avengers before it came out and said, oh, this is a, a looter. Let's make a game like that. And they were doing that. They were making a looter. And then they decided to change it. And again, this is my speculation. This is not what I... Not 100%, right? But I think they made it into a looter and then decided, well, that didn't work out too good for them. Let's change it to this this like single-player co-op type of thing. Because they do have blueprints in the game where all the armor that you got, all the stuff that you're doing in this game is blueprints that you're getting. So I would assume the blueprint is like the weapon or the armor, and you're going to get that from certain drops from people, right? And then you're going to have to have resources to level that stuff up. So there is that looter aspect of there to try to find where it drops or how you get it to drop. Um, and, and one more thing about it is that the way they're building the city, Gotham looks like this giant, like, Grand Theft Auto-sized city. They say it's yeah. huge. And what I like about that is that you get to explore and go do stuff, right? And they, they said they built layers on top of layers of make this city. So the history of Gotham is that it started as a, a small little town, a city, and then it built up and there's like layers. So there's like the underground, the, the, the subway, the land, like, and there's like these hidden areas that you can go and explore in Gotham. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. But I feel just the way it looks because the the land looks bare like when they were driving around the city and stuff i was like mm -hmm. eh, this looks kind of bare and and i get it it's the lore of gotham you're it's nighttime people are not it, every street's not packed because there's the the bad part of town maybe there's like broadway maybe there would be a lot more npcs walking around or doing something at nightlife but everything i've seen so far it looks very bare and I guess, like I said, for the lore of Gotham, maybe people stay in their houses or whatnot. But it does look kind of, you know what I mean? Like It, it seems kind of dull. It, it seems very empty uh, in this aspect of stuff. So I want to get your guys' opinion. Like, I'm getting it because I'm a streamer and I, I want to kind of put it up in front of people to see if they want to make the purchase or not. So I'm going to buy it 
play it try to get as much answers to to answer the questions that people want but i don't know to be honest with you i'm a little i'm not excited i don't know if it's because oh, man um yeah. like i was i was ecstatic about spider-man when it came out right yeah i don't i don't have that same that same love and i i love the batman series i know this is not connected to that but i'm just not getting that same type of feel of this superhero game what, what do you guys think with all the information well, I mean, to jump in on it, first and foremost, the, the thing that really sunk in my chest was when you said, like, you're just not excited about it, that you're going about it in terms of as, a, adding that service value to the community. Like, all right, guys, like, I'm going to go ahead and spend the money and, and help right. you make decide if you want to spend the money. And that's absolutely service driven. And that's one of the rules that content creators play. But the fact that you said that you're not excited about it, especially because when they announced it, I was like, this looks or sounds like it could be something really cool. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, that's the hardest thing because like I have to, for me personally, I have to play games that are fun and that I'm excited about because I don't have all the time in the world. And that means that makes that, that list very selecting. And that's where it's like, I'll happily drop a game very quickly. Um, if I'm not having fun with it, if I'm not enjoying it, even you know thankfully i don't have to pursue it for the content you know quote unquote so right. um my hope is that it you know and the fact that you're saying like like october etc i would i don't know why i was thinking it was still had another year of development no it's um, coming out october 21st they moved it up four or five days from the original because uh i don't think they wanted to go up against another game they moved it up i forget which game it is call there's of duty a, there's, well, there's also a lot coming out in october at least in my wheelhouse we're going to see big updates to Final Fantasy 14, big updates to New World and things like that. So um, ba based off of that, my already, October's already booked up. So um, I think it, what you just described to me is the only the only way that changes is that you go and you're like, well, I'm not really excited about it. And that could actually work in its favor where when right. you go and you play the game, you're like, guys, like, wow, it turned me around. This is exciting. And then that's, that's when my ears pick up next time. But right now, based off of what you just described, I'm like, yeah, you know, my October was already was already getting packed anyway. So that that just sounds like a nice, you know, wait for Game Pass kind of game. What do you think, Lono? Real, real quick, Lono, before you answer, just a, one more thing to add. It's not cross-play, by the way. So oh. it's it's not cross-play. So go ahead. This game doesn't make any sense to me for a couple of reasons. You've got four, four Batman games, three of which I have played at length. So I'm not quite sure how they made something that looks so bad and runs so bad. And, and a lot of people, I think, are in denial about this. They watch it and they think, oh, it looks fine, it looks fine. It's degraded in quality and fluidity since the very first footage emerged of Batgirl. She, like, runs along an ambulance and kicks a guy and does all this great stuff. And the more we slowed down the footage and replayed it, I had a couple of people tell me they're like once you pointed some of the movement problems out they're like that's all I see now. Yeah. It feels like a mobile game because the the, the characters seem to pivot on like not yeah. four not four axis points, maybe about eight. Like think about like north, east, they south, float. and west. And then you have like northwest, northeast, southwest, yeah. southeast. It's like they can only pivot rigidly on those access points. So that fluidity of motion's not there. It seems very rigid. And then if you actually look at the animations and how they connect with the enemies and punches and stuff, it all feels very, very mobile game-esque. The environments feel kind of like 
prefab set pieces nothing feels alive again that's that's what a mobile game would feel like that's this would make an amazing mobile game it would be an absolute stellar mobile game when i look at this i think this thing would cream on mobile people would love this and then sell cosmetics right even some of the menu systems feel very mobile and i i happen to pl- i happen to think that this will be a controversial game because i have a theory this is a mobile game and it will be kicked to the mobile market at some point and people that paid $70 for it are going to rightfully i think be a little incensed that they paid top shelf pricing for basically what is a mobile game Right. And I'm, I'm pretty disappointed because there's so many superhero games out right now and there's so many melee-based combat games, action games. How do you get this wrong? You've got uh, a, an entire decade of Assassin's Creed to rely on. You have all the Batman games. You have the Spider-Man games. How do you get something like this so wrong that everybody has gotten so right? There's, there's not really right now a, a melee-based superhero game that's bad. Even if you go back to the original, the very first Batman Arkham what was it? Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. It, it's great. It, it, it's, it's aged incredibly well. Some of it feels dated, but the combat, the combat in that game has still aged incredibly well. I actually, my favorite was Arkham Knight. That one got, I think, a little bit over-criticized for the use of the Batmobile. I thought the use of the Batmobile was exactly <laughs> right, except for one mission. There was one mission that was pretty bad yeah, where you get like being stealthy in the Batmobile, which, what is that? How do you how do, you do that? <laughs> um, so th- 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 those are my thoughts. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you guys. I got to buy it and show this to people. Everybody knows that I like to be right, and I, I think this <laughs> I think this is one, this is one where I'm going to kind of get the dunk on it and be like, guys, I told y'all that this was basically a mobile game. There's there's two more points I want to pull out. When IGN did the review, they let off the on on YouTube. They let off by saying that they didn't get their hands on the actual game. They they played the tutorial, right? That they let them play. But that footage that they showed, they said they said we didn't get our hands on it, so we can't tell you how it feels. And I was like, you're two months out, and they didn't let them play. And I was like, that's a red flag for me. I was like, that's eh, yeah. something something's up with this, right? And then at the very end of the article, it says that the devs were hinting towards that there was an end game to this, right? Mm. And I was like, ooh, an end game. And then I started thinking like Anthem's end game where like they have to like, and what happens there? So there's a little, couple little things that I don't know if there's going to be some sort of like it's two-player co-op now. And my speculation is because in an article, I actually brought it up on this channel uh about a month and a half ago, there was an article that said, I don't know if it was misspoken by the uh, the the article or the journalist or if it was leaked by the director by accident, but they said that you could play with three of the same or four of the same characters on the screen at the same time. And I was like, that doesn't make sense if it's a two-player game. And how can you have three Batgirls or three Robins? So I don't know if they have something planned where it's like a live service aspect afterwards or maybe there's a multiplayer sort of like marvel's avengers like you could play the entire game single player but then they have the avenger initiative where you can play with four players and do all the missions and stuff together like opens up so i don't know if there's something like that where once you're done with the story you can just open it up and then there's an end game i don't know i'm just i'm still up in the air about this game i i hate the term end game first and foremost because my philosophy especially when it comes to these kind of games the best ones the end game begins at level one meaning it's also a core part of what you do once you've finished the story is a core part of what you're doing or what's going on all around you while you're playing. The silver lining in what you've just described is that I just picked up Spider-Man on on Steam and it runs great on Steam Deck. So I've been chilling at night playing that, which 
which I've never played before. Like I, my my PlayStation died, and I was like, okay, right before Spider Man came out, and I was like, oh, that's definitely a game I'm gonna have to play, and it and it bit the dust. And I was like, you know what? We're so close to the PlayStation Five era. I'll go ahead and wait and just get a PS Five and, and play it then. That's not that long of a wait. Little did I know that I still haven't been able to acquire a PS Five, and Sony has evolved into such a beautiful way that now I can play Spider Man on the Steam Deck, and yeah, that that's why why like I. Nothing I've heard in this. I'm like, you guys make the sacrifice. I will right, right. happily, <laughs> I will happily pop in on those videos or in that live stream. Be like, Lona was right. He was right, and he saved me. He saved me money. <laughs> right. Yeah, the, I, uh, the, the fighting looks really floaty. It looks really floaty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like they're not connected to the ground or the world. It's like they're sort of above it. It's weird. I'm glad that you brought that up, though, Mike. That they said what the, that IGN said what they said. Because when they they posted that video and they said it was a preview, I was like, where's the gameplay? It was just a bunch of B-roll that they had already released and it had people talking. And I told chat, I said, I'm telling you, this game's getting real weird. Not only does it seem to be degrading in quality as time goes on, they seem super scared to show us gameplay. Like they, They had those character trailers that kept coming out. And... There was no gameplay. It would be no, like same footage repeated. Yeah, yeah. It would be like it, the guy this... red Red Hood standing there, and then like show a couple of his move sets, but like very quick. It's like they don't want us to be able to come over the gameplay. Is this from WB though? Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. WB right now overall is like really strapped for cash. They only have like enough to release two more of their movies this year, and so it could also be that they're like, all right, like we just don't have yeah the they funds. Canceled, we have they to cancel DC fandom. So yeah. they're they're not doing that either. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they might just be kind of in a circle of the wagons. Just get it out. Just get it out. Let's get it off the books as an expense. Let's see if we can recoup any of this and let's just go. I, I just do know that they're like they are financially strapped hard. They've got movies like already made, but they don't have the money to release the movies. I, I do up. hope that the single player aspect of it, like if you're if you're going into this because you're a Batman fan and you don't care about the co-op or you don't care about you just care about like the story because that's the kind of gamer I am. I like mm-hmm. stuff like this for the story. I hope the Court of Owl story is good and at least I can get something from this. Maybe the gameplay is bad. Maybe the uh, you know the the end game is bad. But if the story itself is good, maybe you can pull something from it and be like, you know what, I recommend this or not. I don't know. Yeah. I am glad to hear the co-op thing because I, I I don't understand why that's another thing that's bizarre to me like with Redfall I know Dying yeah. Light was that way I'm I'm I don't really know how to put it into words I'm like what are y'all doing like th- this is this is so basic who wh- why bother putting in co-op not not for Gotham Knights but why bother putting in co-op if I'm going to have to go and replay everything like that seems right. like a complete invalidation of the feature. You took development time to put it in, but you can't be bothered to let me sync up the missions. Like, hey, we 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 realize you you boot up your own game, right? And it's like, hey, we realize you beat these four or five missions with somebody else. Would you like to sync your missions now? And it would just be like bing, and it would count them all as done. It's like, I don't want to armchair this and act like that's easy to do, but. Mm-hmm. If you built a system that lets people right. play together, you can't build a, a questing synchronization system. Like what? Yeah, that, seem, that seems pedestrian in comparison. Like how do you not do that? So, Outside of that, Redfall looks like interesting. Like it's definitely yeah. like a game where, like, even if you came in and even with this, I'm like, yeah, it looks fun from what they've showed. I'm glad they delayed it. 
But if they can, if they brought in and they come back and say, hey, we figured out quest synchronization, like that just sounds like a big win in my book because that's the only thing right now from what they've shown. Obviously, gameplay and feeling it out is going to be key for Redfall's success. But I was like, oh, yeah, like the the theme, the you know, what the, everything they've showed, I'm like on board. And they're like, all right, so then if you're playing with a buddy, all your prog is, is get out of here. I'm like, that just feels like a punch to the gut. That literally mm-hmm. feels like I'm only playing with you and never anything else. Like I'm not going to single player this thing up by myself. Yeah, real quick, chat's asking, wait, Batman isn't in Arkham? Yeah, so this game is not taking place in the same universe as the Batman Arkham series, right? So Rocksteady, who made those games, did not make this game. What they did make was Suicide Squad, which comes out sometime next year, and that takes place in the same universe as the Batman game that you played. So this this, oh, okay. is, this is a completely separate uh by their by their uh words this is not in the I've, same universe i as also all. clearly have confused this one with the rocksteady one because i was like wait a minute i know rocksteady announced one with like the villains and things like that and i was like oh man i guess that's gone horribly yeah. but okay that's the one that i'm thinking that's still in development I was like, yeah i thought this was just coming out later oh my gosh yes yeah i'm i'm bummed because this seemed like a dunker this seemed like a real easy one to do you know get get four different characters create a bunch of different skill trees and move sets and real easy game to deliver and i don't know what happened i'll be very interested to see if this thing gets kicked to mobile if my you know if my theory ends up being proven correct just because it it seems it seems like a mobile game i am bummed because it it seems like in the same way that avengers really really hurt Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy is a great game at won awards. I feel like this is going to do the same thing to DC, any future DC games. It's oh, going to make everybody think not. like, "Oh, I'm not going to touch a Batman game now." Like, you know what I mean? It'll make people hesitant, which is which is unfortunate. It's really easy, I think with fandom, yeah. it's very easy to to really break that trust and this this game might end up doing that, unfortunately. And when it when when I think of broken trust, sometimes I think of games like the one we're about to talk about, New World, where mm-hmm. yeah, they set up a game, people really felt like it didn't deliver on that that end game loop, but buddy, they're they're not quitting. They're they're in the ring, they're fighting, they're doing big updates. Ginger, what is going on with with New World? Man, I tell you, there, there is so many good things to, to to talk about just uh in what they announced just a couple of days ago. Uh, they've also done and started doing some more press behind the scenes stuff, working with content creators. I, I've stated this since last year is that I like I, I don't the, the argument of dead game, the argument that you're discounting Amazon, it's like, hey, this other company, you know, let's just say the small indie company, they didn't deliver. So that means they're then Amazon's not gonna deliver at all. And I was like, there's something different here. And I've felt that since the beginning. And what we're seeing right now is the fruits of that. It's that the concept is will they continue to invest what are they working on as a company and they're already talking about picking up even more mmos even publishing and building their own and i've been just kind of dumbfounded by like why would they do that but a lot of that is hinging in my opinion off of the success of the new world if they just quit the game you know said hey it came out hey we made our money all right now we're just going to dip out that would impact future sales all the way down the line Instead, they're like, you know what? We got a couple things wrong. We're gonna start, we're gonna really listen to the community and we're gonna start implementing that. And they've been doing that all year. But 
that kind of trust, that kind of work takes time. What they just showed us is literally what Lono and 30 have been actually advocating for And anytime I brought up New World on this podcast. First and foremost, they're bringing in more tutorials so that as you hit milestones and new features open up for you, newer returning player, it says, oh, hey, welcome back. Let's go ahead and show you breaking it down. But right now on the PTR, what really kind of hit home, we, there's so much, there's so much more, but in terms of what I've actually played, they've completely redone the game. Like your starting experience. We're talking the zones themselves. Like you got King Arthur's <laughs> castle, like in one of the zones now, and they're building it in. And so it really does feel like I was playing a single player RPG, even though I was in a multiplayer world. Uh, voice acting was amazing cutscenes like animated cutscenes are playing at certain points so that like if you're playing the game itself it you're not going to sit here and wonder like unless you skip all of it which you can you can still skip the story uh but if you are actually like does this game have a story it really starts introducing you to the characters to the villains to the world in a much more fluent way and so the the new player starting experience by by like hands down was actually a really great experience for sitting down and playing this game and they're going to let even veteran players, even if you got a level 60, you don't have to go make a new character. They're going to let you go and actually like participate in that experience. And they're going to take that feedback and then they're going to apply it to kind of the next section, which basically the new player experience runs you from 1 to 25. Uh, really solid. I've been playing it on the PTR. The next stage of it is going to probably come, you know, sometime maybe this this winter or or later. Uh, but they've already confirmed mounts are coming. They've already confirmed swimming is coming. They've already confirmed loadouts are coming. Like it's like, hey, here's this list of things that the community has been asking for, and the devs are starting to show some of that. Uh, they're starting to say yes that yes that's coming. We don't have an ETA yet, and then you know so things are kind of falling into these different buckets. And for me, like as a game as a service, as an MMO. It's never about how you launch. A lot of people, and, and a lot of the argument comes down to is like, oh, people aren't going to give it a second chance. It's like, I, actions speak louder than words. Maybe one, you know, like a very small percentage of people mean that they'll never give the game another chance. But I think actions speak louder than words. I think content creation, how Amazon's leaned in and understands that uh, from their experience with Twitch, uh, even on the YouTube side of things, like this game, like it does numbers. People are actively going like, what is going on with it? And what ends up happening is that I think here over the course of the next year, I, I'm betting hands down, we see a paid expansion announcement probably here in, in the next like six weeks. Um, but they could always do the No Man's you know, Sky thing. So don't like, you know, like if I'm wrong on the paid expansion thing, it, like either way, I don't care. <laughs> like it's big, big things are, are happening to the game itself. So Asmongill obviously is a real interesting uh, piece because he got to go out and, and and he's excited about what they showed him and he's excited about this new zone. So they're adding in a brand new zone that's three times the size of any of their current zones. Um, they're also reworking kind of the PVP sandbox territory control systems. Uh, like you name it and there is either like solid information of here is their plan or like we hear you, here's our step one plan. We're still working on steps two and three. We're going to get y'all's feedback. And... When it comes to a game as a service, any game as a service, any MMO, one of the key pillars of their success is that communication. Because one of the things I, I hear in games that say they're a game as a service or an MMO, but then they're like, when they say, no, well, we know what's right. And when and the players don't, 
that creates friction that creates a uh, like animosity between the devs and the players right now i feel like there's this massive synergy between the devs and the players where if the answer is no or answer is wait it comes along with a like a well thought out reasoning why they're like we're not saying no forever but we're going to say right now this is the reason why we don't feel this actually makes sense because here's where we're also going and since they have their idea of where they're heading and the players right now we're all kind of trying to figure out what you know what their model is because you know it's it's a brand new game brand new studio you know what what are they doing in the long run of it and this 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 last week was just like vindication for all of the all of the arguments that I've had to deal with online from from gamers who are like dead game it's like now the game pulls plenty of numbers the game's doing just fine and I bet you'll see that continual growth uh, as long as they continue to release content and as long as they continue to communicate uh, with their player base so um, we haven't gone hands on yet with the new zone that's going to be coming into the PTR probably here in a week or two um, but I've been able to play with the new weapon the great sword the new uh, starting experience and hands down like they're they're checking every every box except for one. The one thing they haven't done is I want XP at level sixty to mean something, um, because right now I have all these quests that I could just turn in, but they just give XP. I'm like the XP just hits the floor. There's nothing. Right. There's nothing for it. There needs to be some system that gathers up that XP. They they have it for crafting and gathering. They have a post progression, you know, cap of uh, for crafting and gathering, but nothing for just that level of XP. So. Once they hit that, I, you might, you, I might just be lost forever in in New World because <laughs> it's like, guys, we got to, we got to get Brian out. We got to get Brian to play another game for like just a couple of hours. He's he's too obsessed. <laughs> I uh, I watched the the developer thing and I thought it was interesting. I, I did like the great sword. I, I like that they're because there really is no classes in right. New World, and now yeah. they're kind of drawing a line in the sand saying that you could be a tank now, and you could be a two-handed sword, great sword tank if you want to. You do less damage, but you also take less damage, or you can do more damage, but then you also take, take more, more damage. damage. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I I did like the that. Um, I, I love the passion that you have for this game. This is the passion that I'm missing from Gotham, right? Where I'm looking at it and like, I don't have that passion. Uh, I do disagree with you, though, and people in chat are also disagreeing a little bit, which is fine because this makes conversation. Mm-hmm. I think when something comes out day one, it first impressions are everything, right? Like, like if you meet someone for the first time and they're a complete a-hole, right? You might, they might win you over back, but you're always going to be like, that person was an asshole the first time I met them. And I, they just rubbed me the wrong way and I don't like them. Like when it comes yeah. to video games, if it doesn't strike you right away, sure, it could win you back over with updates like No Man's Sky. Like No Man's mm-hmm. Sky came out. People were like, eh, I was with you, but th- this is a lackluster game. And then all of a sudden they kind of win you back with all these updates. Same with Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves came out. I was a play to, uh, you know, PTR for two years in that in that game. And then when it came out, I was like, you're not releasing this like this, are you? There's like nothing to do. And then they released it and you're like, eh. now you look back at it. There's tons of stuff to do, right? But first impressions to me, and it's different for everyone or everything. Yeah. A new world, when I first started playing, I was excited. I really liked it. The price point was nice, right? There was no yeah. fee, a monthly fee. And I was like, I could forget a couple of things that were happening. But at the same time, I was like, I don't want to pay money and then wait a year or a year and a half to get that game where it should have been at launch halo i'm looking at you right like all of this type of stuff right so i i agree with you that it's great as a mmo and it's a little different between an mmo and a live service game i don't know why because a live service game and this is an mmo 
but it really is like a live service game because a live service game you pay your money and then you wait for it to get up updated an mmo you pay a monthly fee okay you pay a you pay a 15 dollar fee 12 dollar fee and i know that's changing over the over the years yeah m m new mmos yeah. won't launch with the with the subscription. Right. Uh, lost ark is an mmo and it's free yeah. right it's a free to play game um yeah, yeah. But for the most part, when you're paying a monthly fee or you're paying something, you expect, all right, well, I'm paying you money. You're building it up. And when an expansion comes out, they charge for the expansion. But they're, mm -hmm. they're constantly updating it. New World, I think, is doing a fantastic job. And I agree with you. It's not a dead game. Every game's dead if you're not playing it, right? right. But the people yeah. that are playing it are, are enjoying themselves no matter what game it is. And they do have a, a good core basis. It'll be interesting to see what happens once that new section comes in. Mm-hmm. And, and the people start coming back in droves. What are they going to do with the servers? Are they going to condense the servers? Their servers? The, no, the, the servers already are full. Like they, they already are back to a point where you're in a queue if you're trying to play during peak time during your region. Uh, so there are two ways they look to be addressing it. They look to be starting some fresh, uh, they're talking about fresh start servers, most likely around the time this part goes live because people do want that kind of initial rush again to kind of go and say, hey, I want to start over on a new server where everybody's new. Um, they're also talking about expanding the capacity of the servers themselves, allowing for more people to play together. And obviously, the new zone helps out with that. Um, but there, you know, Lono was bringing this up back at the back last year when the game launched. Is that you can't just add, you know, capacity because you got resources, you got kind of game balance to, to kind of manage, etc. And you got also back then everybody was kind of in the same starting spot. Right and now, I think the population can be spread out a little bit to to, to account for that. But it's interesting because like. There was a, like, obviously I hear your agreement, but I felt like in your disagreement, you were proving my point that, yeah, people feel like, and will say that the first impression matters and in a single player game and a game that you just, as a part of like hype cycles, yeah, that matters. But like, that's the data shows. Otherwise the data shows if you keep showing up and you keep putting out content, people will come back and check out your game, but there has to be something there, right? Cause if you have a crap sure. game, then no one's going to care, but that's everybody you talk to who's left New World. They all have the same good things to say about it. They're like, oh, wow, like this was really cool. Or the sound design was like unparalleled to something they've experienced before. Like it has unique hooks. So that's where I was like, it's, it's got enough uniqueness. It's not a copy sure. of WoW, right? Like if it was just a literal copy of World of Warcraft, like I wouldn't be advocating for it. I'm like, why would you go pay, uh, play something that is not that is just a copy of this thing that already exists that has content it, it definitely does something right? different right yeah it does it, so definitely it does, does have its difference uh difference hook but in the mmo space like i get the gamer sentiment like i you know ga gamers get frustrated at me because i call them out on this because i think it's just i think it's it's not performative but it's it's i understand the mindset of like no i want a good game when i want a good game right at the start because all gamers want that but in terms of it, in terms of the business model, like, and I'm not defending it, I'm just calling it for how it is, right? This is a effing sandwich. I'm telling you guys it's a sandwich. It's is a sandwich. that right? It's, you know, oh, he's, he thinks it's a sandwich. No, it is. Like, get the developers, the MVP, the minimal viable product is a problem within gaming. However, sure. we as gamers continue to say we hate it, but and we then, financially support it. Yeah. Like, yeah. so, like, either either get you know take <laughs> i'm not gonna curse either s or get off the pot in this regard right, right? so like you know gamers are, are more than welcome to disagree with me but i just look at the numbers and that's why people get mad at me and they're they, I, I get that people root for me to be wrong and i and i really i've already i'm already trying to figure out the, the label for the video because i already put out the why people are wrong video i got hated on for that i'm like you guys just don't see it 
it's about to happen and boom so we're about to we're about to see that uh play out in a really cool way <laughs> anyway that's just my that's just me being sarcastic and and, and fiery <laughs> real quick uh, the mounts that are coming to the game i we all knew that mounts were going to come to the game right yeah. it was just, it, it's sort of like we all knew in fallout 76 that the npcs were going to come into the game where you actually had human and you know like actual human npcs in the game this is just they their testing ground they wanted to see what their world would do and how people would move through it and how this is all big tests the the first year so uh, obviously they're learning well right. yeah and new world is so funny and it's for me i guess this is one reason i actually kind of like it more is they accidentally created it like it wasn't envisioned as an mmo it wasn't right. envisioned as what you like and they continued to refine it and continue to find the fun and continue to listen to feedback and like all of that's positive. You could look at it the negative and be like, oh, they didn't have a clear vision. And then that's why they had these problems. Well, yeah, that's that's why they ran into problems. But you find me an MMO in year, in year zero, you know, that doesn't have problems. And, I, and I'll just be like, why aren't we playing that? But yeah. that utopian MMO does not actually exist. Everybody remembers how MMOs are now, not how they actually launched. Um, Final Fantasy XIV is, is a really great example of that. That's another game that I got a lot of hate for people tell like telling people like yeah it's they're working on it i think there's going to be a really interesting future here and you know time you know time is, is my always my friend in this regard but when it comes down to it they accidentally kind of discovered the fun and i think that's a part of the you know the listening and the and the, and the reiteration of the feedback and now what it is is that now that they have that now it's them focusing on actually bringing out the beautiful things that they have right it's a it's unrefined is the, is how i've called it and it's on a mountain of potential they're polishing the crap out of this, you know, and it's and it's becoming very beautiful. And then essentially, I think here in two to three years, which generally is kind of like, I wish MMOs would literally launch with a three-year beta. Like mm. that's just just label it as a three-year beta, guys. We're gonna we're gonna make some mistakes. We're gonna have some fun. Boom, and then all of a sudden that beta that label beta just kind of falls off quietly. I don't know why the industry doesn't do it. I think that ends up taking off a lot of pressure because then people who are really fans are, are the ones testing it. And then then you could do your big launch and then you have, oh, three years of content. Imagine imagine that. But. I, I think you could do that as long as you don't charge full price for your game with microtransactions on top with the, with a season pass, right? Oh, if yeah, you put out yeah, if yeah. you put out a beta test and say this is what it is, it's a beta test, and you get it at a cheaper price, I think people would be more willing to do that type of stuff. But I think they you do, go they the do that, play. and then they, and then they always yeah. do the microtransactions on top of it, right? Yeah, I think that's where, uh, like, when you look at the four-die model, like, the reason they could do it is that they, they launched as a free-to-play. They had the microtransactions in the store and everything. They were taking your money. As a beta, they were making $2 billion a year, but there was no upfront costs. And I think there's got to be right. some kind of legality thing there that says okay you took money up front then you gotta you know you can't sell them a beta even though some people sell early access and stuff like that so it's a weird industry guys it's a it's a weird industry i continue to think that new world has a shot to be that comeback kid because mm -hmm. i do think they launched well i think that is something that was being kind of debated in chat isn't the launch does matter and if this would have had a really bad launch if the game would have been crappy from moment one it wouldn't have gotten off the ground no one would be even talking about it or yeah. caring to debate funny enough you know the people that are like dead game this game sucks it's to me those are the people that actually liked the game the most they just don't want to admit it right you the know, most they, passionate yeah. yeah they feel the most burned by it you know what I mean they they check on their ex's Facebook to see if she's gained weight too so they 
they're checking in on the thing that hurt them you know right. we that, went, that, I, or that or it's the mmo tribalism because mmo players are at like very like there are some weird connections and there's some weird sure. versatility yeah. right like yeah, yeah, yeah some mmos are like oh yeah i played this one and that one and some are like i played this one and all others suck and i'll tell you they suck right. and i'll go right. out of my yeah. way you know i'm like man that's that seems like yeah. a lot of energy i don't have that time anyway sorry Lonely, go ahead yeah, but the, the overarching point for me is that this game got something right, which is why people got so frustrated, so passionate. It it had a hook. It was a pleasant world to be in. The content loop was enjoyable, sound design. And I think they're probably about two years away from having that Final Fantasy moment where they have to stop selling something. They have... They're going to have the yeah. bad, they're going to have the good problem that creates, you know, catastrophe of where there's so many people that want to jump back in and play. So if I'm, if I'm a new world engineer right now, I'm thinking through how do we get through the best possible scenario? Cause the best possible scenario is also a bit of a nightmare because you're mm-hmm. going to have servers that have been migrated, people that have been shoved together, and then you're going to have this groundswell of returning players. In addition, you're going to have new players. So I would imagine they need to be figuring that out now coming up with technological solutions to what do we do if we get a big giant bear hug from the community and it crushes us because everybody's trying to get back in because everything you're saying everything i'm seeing this feels like they're going to give it the no man's sky treatment they're just going to keep giving it updates keep making the game awesome and that could lead to serious problems of too many people try and come back in, especially if they have a big 2.0 moment, if they have a big, yeah. not necessarily an expansion, but almost a hinge turn, something bigger than an expansion, kind right. of like what happened with Final Fantasy. So, well, yeah, I think they, I think they with, could do it. I think they could yeah, do yeah. it. I think the audience is there. I think the love is there, the lingering love of, hey, that was a great game. You get it You get it right, and I'll come back. There's a lot of people's thought on it, I would imagine. You pair that, like you said, like uh, the hinge turn can also end up being from somebody else's mistake. We saw Final Fantasy fourteen benefit dramatically last year from Blizzard's like continual uh, stepping, uh, you know, in their foot into other people's legal issues, you know. And so like so many just things where it's like couple that with no content. And then all of a sudden you, you saw Final Fantasy fourteen say, hey, w- welcome. We've been just doing the work right here every week. Now, your point on servers is absolutely one of the biggest weaknesses of the launch. Well, I actually consider the launch a great success. And yep. we know that Amazon has the servers. Like, they were able to spin up servers and and get people playing, which at that time, we're all looking at it going like, this is going to be a problem because at some point, you're going to have these empty servers because people will dip out because that's how gamers play. Gamers don't play just one game continually over and over again unless you're some kind of streamer and that's all you do, right? So the, like the solution is is twofold. They've already talked about cross, you know, server play with the with stuff and we don't have an ETA on that. I really think that needs to be one of their highest priorities along with this because you're right. One of the things that's going to frustrate people is coming back, having them spin up servers because they're going to have to. They the servers are full right now. They're going to have to spin up servers as people come back to the game. Otherwise, they're going to run back into the same problem that they did last year. I don't know how many attempts you get at that, but at some point, like, they're going to have to make servers. Cross-server play will absolutely be a must because some people want to actually play on smaller servers. In fact, New World on a smaller server works real well if you're not cut off from all the dungeons and the PvP, etc., right? So all of a sudden, you have cross-server stuff. You kind of 
remove any disadvantage from being on a smaller server. I think they also would, I mean, I ultimately would love them to go to kind of a mega server approach, but that would be a couple of years of my way yeah, in the future. Yeah, they would have to extend the servers that right. they have, like add yeah. another, I don't know, 2,000, 3,000, whatever it is on top they're, of what they already have. They're looking at doing that. Like they they originally like have a roadmap to get to 10,000 players concurrent on a, on a world, et cetera. Uh, but beyond whatever that ends up looking like, I would like, I think uh, an easy thing, and when I say easy, I'm, I know I'm a dev and that just always frustrates me when somebody comes and says, I think this is easy. I think it would be really cool if they let you guest on a server while you're waiting in queue for your world, right? Mm. One of the things that's not fun is waiting in queue and people will wait in queue as long as you can get through the line, right? Like, and as long as the line means that, you know, yeah, 30 minutes, okay, I can go make dinner, not a problem. Um, but if it was like, hey, we see that you got a long wait for your server, but we have this new server over here. Why don't you just go play and we'll let you know, we'll keep you in queue, but you can play while you wait for your server to come up online. And that would be, I think, a technology that would help alleviate. It wouldn't solve the problem all out, but it would help alleviate any kind of frustration of, I got to get home so I can sit in three hours of a queue. Like I had a queue for Endwalker, you know, and, and the problem with Endwalker's launch, and Endwalker had a crap launch. Anybody who says they had a good launch, they, they're they're lying. They are absolutely lying. You would wait in queue and you would randomly get kicked out. There was times where people would be in queue for eight hours, get kicked out four or five times. Like that was the problem. I don't mind waiting in queue. In fact, if you have an eight hour queue for me, cool. I'll queue up eight hours before I want to play. As long as I get in, as long as that queue works. Amazon's queue worked and Walker's didn't. And then Walker is, is an established, you know, is an established game. And that's really unfortunate um, for them. But thankfully... You know, that stuff works out. Nobody cares that Endwalker had a bad launch now. Anybody who did, like, you know, they'll, they'll come back with the next expansion or they've added servers, right? So I think there are certain things that are forgivable. And I think Amazon does have still plenty of work to do. But Lono, you knocked it out of the park. Two or three years from now, I think I think easily New World's a top five MMORPG. And it's going to have some unique things to it, right? It's going to have the a modern technology to it. It's not a 20-year-old MMO. It's not a 15-year-old MMO. Yep. In two or three years, it's a two or three-year-old MMO that's got content, it's got a community behind it, and it's got the the backing of the big one of the biggest companies in the world that wants to see it succeed. And I think those are some key factors. The other thing you would have from a heel turn or from a pivot, just to kind of seed this out for clickbaity and comments, um, you have the concept of like what happens with our, uh, Ashes of Creation. A lot of people, Harold, Ashes is the as a savior of the MMO. Ashes isn't out. I don't think Ashes will be out for at least two years. I would love to be wrong. I want Ashes to be a, an amazing MMO. But imagine if you know all the hype around Ashes builds up, it doesn't deliver. New World will be sitting right there saying, "Right, hey, we got three years of content and we already figured all our problems out. Well, welcome home. You already spent the forty dollars on New World, right? Oh." then just update it. You're good to go. You're, we're glad to have you back. And so it doesn't necessarily, like they just need to keep doing the work and the industry will figure, you know, we'll do what the industry does, either work or it won't. So one of two things will happen and we will find out. I actually think Ashes of Creation is either going to dramatically change their approach to the like the PvP thing being on all the time or I think they're going to run into serious problems with their with their game. I, I don't... I just... I know people are going to tell me there are games that pull it off, there are games that get this right. I just feel like the world... 
has shifted in this realm and having your PvP and your PvE separate is just going to protect you from so many potential problems and Ashes is, a, you know, it's always going to be on. They're giving assurances that they're going to be protections against people that want to be griefers or people that want to go crazy. And as Ian Malcolm says in Jurassic Park, life will find a way. People will find a way <laughs> to completely cannibalize your game if oh, given yeah. this sort of free reign. And every time I look at Ashes, I think, I don't think you guys know what you're doing. And many people say it's, you know, it's a passion project they they say that you know they're they're trying to make an MMO for MMO fans. Oh, okay. I I I think it'll end up being a pretty niche game because I I actually do think that New World would have retained a lot stronger and healthier player base numbers if the PVP and the territory control wouldn't have been such a problem for so many people, so many servers, so many bad instances. I think a lot of the casuals just got to the point where like, I don't like this. This is kind of annoying. So I think they kind of got hit from both ends. The hardcores were like, the end game's not fleshed out. It doesn't give me what I want. And then the casuals were sort of saying, I'm tired of the map being green and paying all these taxes and feeling like I'm not able to enjoy myself. So I feel like they kind of got hit from both ends. And I continue to think there's a much bigger market for the... I'm not going to say casual MMO, but I just think the more mid-lane MMO, I think there's a bigger market for it. I think our generation is now too busy to do the EverQuest World of Warcraft 16 hours a day thing. I think think that's kind of a bygone era and that that generation is looking for something like New World seemed like it was going to be that game. I'll be honest. I was like, this is a mid, this is more of a mid-lane MMO. This is a much more Mm -hmm. approachable MMO, probably the most approachable MMO I've ever looked at. So I'm. I, those, those, that, those are all my concerns about Ashes. Well, you know what's interesting, just to kind of touch on it, because this has been, um, this is an update that rolled out, I think, in the last couple of weeks, if not a month or two. But whenever you're not flagged for PvP, the map doesn't display who's controlling it whatsoever. It literally, I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, I can't see the colors. And somebody was like, oh, yeah, like, if you're flagged for PvP, it shows you who controls what zone. And if you're not flagged, it's we're all together you know like it doesn't matter and when they've and they've already made like so like so many taxing and and things change so that it's not like you're feeling like you're getting destroyed because your faction isn't controlling anything like no 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 no, you're fine like like the housing taxes and all that like it actually is like like the economy is massively stabilized and uh overall there are still some concerns they're working on talking about like problems with shell companies and territory control and how they're working to uh fix those in in what they call a multi you know tiered multi-stepped approach where they detailed step one and that's going to be coming in october um and that's going to address these core concerns but they are like we're not done like this is a bigger approach and if they do end up going multi-server-esque yeah they're going to have to revision re-envision what that mode is what that you know kind of it is a sandbox element to the game because it's not required right and so into that point, I was like, it actually makes it less in your face. So you're not feeling like as a PVE or that you're, you know, hey, uh, yeah, we don't control this. That doesn't matter. It's not even going to show you that you don't control it. You have right. to go. You can still turn it on. You can be in PVE and you can say, show me who controls what zones. Um, but it just turns that kind of filter off by default. And then you're just kind of like, all right, here I'm going. So interesting because I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. I do remember you talking about it. And now it's like, it's just there if you want it. And instead of it having it in your face yeah they that's very interesting it's like they know this is this is a 
there's a there's at least a stigma or a frustration point here for PVE players for more casual players let's just take it off their radar they won't really pay any attention to it it, it might actually be a total psychological sleight of hand trick that mm-hmm. the average person now is going to boot up and be like I'm having a great time and they don't even care yeah. about that they're right. they're almost they're almost in a parallel universe like they're on the same server as you but they're mm-hmm. not seeing and feeling those pains and you know, I get that. I get that, and and hardcore players and PvP players can can have their enjoyment. So we'll we'll see yeah. when when this game finally gets expansion DLC, big upticks. You know what it does to the player base. Yeah. And and speaking of DLC, the game's biggest the the biggest DLC ever to come out is uh, getting new gameplay out there. Obviously, being sarcastic, God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> God of War Ragnarok. I I, I actually had. Lots of people today driving the DLC narrative. It is, man, it's tough to talk about Sony games Um, (laughs) in a positive way. So God of War Ragnarok is trickling out gameplay. And I mean trickling. (laughs) Like really run down hotel, horrible water pressure trickling out. Here's 10 frames of the axe moving, right? (laughs) Yeah. Do you need it though? Like, isn't just this all hype because... Yes, Ginger! No, I'm sorry. Um, Excuse me. Sorry, I lost myself. I lost myself there. Um, No, the, the, the info is good. There actually is very good info, and I think I came up with a pretty good theory as to what's going on. I believe that there is a Sony showcase that will probably be next week on the 8th. They'll probably announce it on Monday. And they likely really want to keep everything for themselves. And they gave Game Informer a smidgen, a breadcrumb. And I will admit, not being a fanboy, it's really juicy. It's really good stuff. Really good info on the combat, deepening the way that you fight, changing how it works, really giving you build customization with with shields, more verticality, um, and and they're going to let you infuse the axe with ice and the blades with fire. And some of us thought, hey, a great trifecta, you know, fire, ice, and lightning. Maybe this is pointing to that we will get to wield Mjolnir and then you, you know, infuse it with lightning. When you look at a game like God of War Ragnarok and you guys are sort of watching marketing strategies for games sort of shift and change there's game delays there's there's you know there's the hype cycles there's this there's that and and ragnarok's been i think one of the more interesting sort of games this year it's not getting delayed it's also not really saying much like the way that the release date came out was kind of funky there was a leaker they had a specific date with the release date they did this thing with game informer and then they set expectations they're like we just have four minutes of gameplay to show you guys and then today it was literally one minute and 39 seconds of gameplay and most of it was looping on itself so it was probably it's generous to say a minute and a half it's about one minute of gameplay do you, what what do you make of this marketing strategy? Is my theory sound, or is something else going on with with Ragnarok or bigger titles and delays? Why are we getting just such a trickle here, Mike? We I'm, I'm, I want you to go first because we've dealt with trickle before. Other companies do this. Is is there is there something else going on with Ragnarok, or is this just kind of how games are going to start to promote themselves? I'm not sure. Like. The, the the cynical part of me says that there's they're hiding something there's something wrong with it right but be, because this is from other games that have come out broke and buggy and unfinished and, and and whatnot but 
this is like uh, looking at what uh, Witcher Three was, and then when Cyberpunk came out, what it was supposed to be, and then when it came out, it was it was buggy and broke, right? And I think a lot of people just don't automatically give that goodwill to the companies anymore. God of War was a fan- phenomenal game. There's no reason for me to doubt that God of War Ragnarok's going to come out in any way bad shape, right? Right? Like they have all my goodwill right now. But the way the marketing is right now, it's like the trickle effect, right? I I. Look, I'm knocking on wood. I don't want this game to be bad. I want this game to be fantastic, just like the last one was. Um, but it, it does seem strange. And I don't know if it's because maybe they had, uh, again, we'll never know, but maybe they had problems because of the of the pandemic that we were in. And when they started, they started at the tail end uh, or early on, like late 2018 or early 2019 when they started developing this game. And then it went right into the pandemic right so there might have been a slower start and and they had some problems all companies had problems at that point but now we're out of it and now it's the tail end and now they're they still have what two two months and like a week before it releases and maybe maybe they know they don't have to kind of market it like it was the first one because it's god of war right and it's a it, everyone knows it's coming the people that bought the first god of war the 8 million or 13 million i think it was 5 million when it first came out 8 million within the first month and then uh it was like 5 million day one 8 million the first month those are the same people that are going to buy this one when it comes out right and then at the same time maybe they're not promoting it as much and i know this is kind of weird because i know it's going to be on playstation 4 and playstation 5 but there's not a lot of playstation 5s out there and maybe they're not pushing it as much because there's a shortage of, of consoles still I don't know. It's, it sounds weird, but it's a game that they... If, if you already own a PlayStation 4, you already know about God of War, and PlayStation 5 is still hard to get. I'm personally not getting it because I don't have a PlayStation 5, right? So maybe it's some sort of let's not push it as much and spend the money on the advertisement yet because there's no need to because there's shortages. I don't know. Uh, that's just what I'm, I'm thinking. But it is kind of strange on how they're trickling this this content out. i'm two months away usually by six months you're like pre-order get it now do all this and you're like oh that's not happening right now and it's, it's a little weird and it could be because the event that happens next week hmm. what do you what do you think ginger and maybe and maybe also too just interested what you guys think why is the dlc this looks like dlc narrative getting footing because i that that one was one today that kind of blew my mind you know ginger if you want to speak to that as well so, I mean, first and foremost, in terms of, like, marketing, you know, like, who are they marketing to? You know, it's like they have already have an established IP uh, outside of issues, right? Like, if for some reason they have to delay, and let, let's just not even talk about that. I don't even want to curse the air with that, right? Like, I want them to have a, a great launch, a great game. I want PlayStation fans to be excited. Then I want this game to come to PC where the majority of people will play it. The... um when it comes down to just marketing like that it's all about hype it's and, and what they're already releasing you know is that like it, people are analyzing it they're looking into it you're, you're getting that secondhand earned media you know kind of marketing push so there it sounds like if nothing else that somebody who's actually right now in charge of the marketing team knows exactly what they're doing who are they competing against nobody everything nobody. everything kind of moved out of the out of the fall like when it comes down to it, like if there was another, like, you know, let's say massive Assassin's Creed, they're going to go day and date with, right? You want to be putting in every grandmother's head that this is the, you know, like, oh, you want God of War, not, you know, like we want to make sure that that is what they see, you know, because when they walk in the store, no, no, that's what we're going to pick up. But 
what are they what are they picking up like you know someone's gonna walk in and the, the clerk's gonna be like you want this uh you you want this uh, dc game uh no one's really paying it it's on the discount bin or uh <laughs> or you got this god at war you know and so i think especially like if they're doing that event in, like next week i think then you'll start to see you know them talk about and break down more information dlc is such a problem in storied uh games uh for me personally i think final fantasy 15 is a victim of its plan if you consume all of 15 with the dlc i think you get a really good game but there's these weird random paywalls and so when it comes down to it um if they do dlc like i got no i got no issue with games releasing dlc i just hope that the story and the game and everything was envisioned is included so you don't need the dlc and the dlc is just there for fans who say hey now you've done that hey you can do some more of that here here's some additional story that doesn't basically complete the the story of you know what they're going to tell with ragnarok real real quick the the dc talk about how this is a dlc that that got turned into a game i don't know if you if you have that i don't know if you have a leg to stand on with this with this particular game right like marvel's uh, uh miles morales you could look at that when when playstation 5 was coming out because the way if you played the original spider-man and then played through the expansions you would know that Miles Morales was part of that in the story-wise, and then that uh, a DLC was going to be coming out for the PlayStation 4, but they decided because PlayStation 5 was coming out, they needed a game to lead with the PlayStation 5, and Spider-Man 2 was years off, mm -hmm. and they said, well, why don't we use Miles Morales to push this? Even so, where they said, well, it's a $50 game. It's not a full-price game. It's not a $60 game. And then they packaged it with Spider-Man and then made it $70, and, and that was a really good deal, right? And that's basically, I think, where people may be getting, because this is, like, the next God of War, it's DLC, but even Miles Morales, after playing it, felt like it could have been a DLC, but it was a standalone game. There's plenty of plenty of hours alone, standalone gameplay in there. Yeah, they used their assets of Manhattan again and the same stuff, but they had their own story and whatnot to it. But I could, I could see a conversation about Miles Morales being a DLC. I can't see, as of right now, Ragnarok, because it's the the sequel to the game in 2018, that this is a DLC to that particular game. I Until I play fanboyism. it. Yeah, it, it just, just sounds like fanboys trying to sit here and pre-dunk on a game. There is some well there is some context though. Oh, there okay, is some ahead. context. I I I I wanted to interject before you said anything so we don't lose the train of thought Thread. here on the DLC. So Corey Barlog did an interview where he said they were thinking about DLC for God of War 2018. And it was and the idea was getting so big of what they wanted to do. They they and I quote he said they shelved it. They said we can't do that. It's not going to work. Then they decided to build, like, a whole new game. So a lot of people took that, completely twisted his words, and said, this game started as a DLC, and now they're just trying to sell it as a full game. It's, it's, yeah, it is... Yeah, this is the fanboyism. Yeah, like that's, yeah. Yeah. It's that, that's where, like, you see people try to pre-dunk on, on things. And I get the idea, because then they can kind of come back. No one's going to remember your bad take, you know, in that regards. Maybe somebody does, but, like, ultimately, but people, then you can look back and say, told you! I told you that was just going to be a DLC and y'all didn't listen. I was telling the truth, you know? So it's like that, that, how, how, like, how is that a bad story? Like, Hey, we were thinking about how could we continue this? And we were putting ideas on the board and then all of a sudden became a full game. That's how games are made. You know, they, like 
That's how indie games become triple right. like A games. Like it was, it was just an idea, and now it's a game. You see, he said it was just an idea, and now yeah, it's you a, know I don't like them ideas. <laughs> them ideas will get people in danger. Well, and the analogy I gave to people, I said, you know, even if they started sketching it out or even building it, because they, you know, they're obviously using the same assets and models. Well, except for Atreus is bigger, but, you know, Kratos' model is the same model. And I said, listen, if if I went in my backyard and said, all right, I'm going to build a shed for my tractor, and I started building it and realized it needed to be much bigger, and I ended up with like a four-car barn garage... You wouldn't call that a shed. You'd be like, "Well, it's still a shed." I'm like, "No, it started well, well, no, as a, a shed." That's a that's a four car shed now. Yeah, that's yeah, what it is. yeah. It's, it's a four, a four car, car barn shed. So I was it's like, "Listen, into your sheds, Lono." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like to me, to me, I'm always curious why this sort of thing happens. Like, why does this sort of a narrative take hold? And I and I wonder, is it? I think it's. I think it's two parts. You know, people that don't even have the console and they want to dunk on it. It's really hard to be a Microsoft fan right now. Listen, I've got an Xbox. I've got Game Pass. It's really hard to be a Microsoft fan right now. Halo is just... We, we didn't even talk about Halo today. I, I had to kick that one to next week. What on earth happening over there? You know, that's their that's one of their you flagship titles. You delayed your talk on Halo? That's that's okay. They delay everything anyway. Yeah, I delay. <laughs> that's right in theme. It's, yeah, it's, a th- it's in theme for Halo. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. Not just delay, but then cancel split screen after saying, like, we're bringing a split screen back and we're, it's a core feature. Yeah. And, like, even though, like, I think it's, uh, I get it affects people, but I don't think it's that many people. I, yeah. Look, I, I think, I think if you, if your argument right now is that it's DLC, it's not a conversation. If when the game comes out and you play it and all of a sudden it's like, six hours of like main story obviously it's not uh, it's it's longer than that and it feels like it, after you're done playing go hey, you know what it seems a little light and stuff eh, maybe it was a dlc then maybe we can have a conversation but before the game comes out before you know anything about it besides the one minute footage that you saw <laughs> there's no way that you could say that eh, this is just a dlc there's no way yeah yeah and and the argument was actually i think there is some substance to the idea that well it looks too much like the original and I started asking for good examples of sequels and the funny thing was I was given examples of games that were in development for anywhere from 6 to 8 years I was also given examples of of games that jumped from oh the last game was on PS3 and this game's on PS4 it's like this game was in the incubator for less than 4 years maybe right. 4 years so it's like Come on! Of of course, it's going to look very similar to its predecessor. It's it's not even jumping generationally. It's going to be on PS4 and PS5. It's the last cross generationally supported game. So it's like you have to be fair to the game and view it in context. If if we would have gotten a truly next gen PS5 only bonkers crazy Ragnarok, we wouldn't even be talking about it. It wouldn't even be announced yet. It'd be on sale in like 2025. The development cycle would have been way longer. They would have waited way longer to start it because they would they didn't even have the PS5 dev kits when this thing started. So I, I do wonder if sometimes it's just ignorance. I don't think necessarily people understand there is a big difference between development cycle links. But I just wonder if sometimes it's folks just grasping so they can take a chunk out of the other console's big title like well that's are, the other console yeah. so i got to take it down a peg are, are they yeah. are they looking for like differences like mass effect one to mass effect two like the they completely overhauled like the, the the combat system in that is that what they're looking for i mean i don't i don't know it's a sequel it's a sequel to the game it's a like 
they could change a little bit of things, but it's going to be the exact same because they're going to be using assets or, or, or whatnot. That's why it got made in four years, not seven, right? Didn't the first God of War take seven years to make, six or seven years to make? It was a big, it was a big jump. It was a big window between that one and the last one. Yeah, I could have sworn it was like somewhere between like five and seven years to make the first game. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It also doesn't help that that David Jaffe, you know, the guy who originally made God of War, he called this DLC, which was oh. just snide <laughs> and immature, and you know, it's like, oh, you're not working Sounds on the like project Jaffe, now. Though. Yeah, it's DLC. Right, that just that still sounds like Jaffe. Like that, he's he's a character. Well, and he's out here making YouTube videos about it. It's like, well, I okay. <laughs> it's just you know, try to try to grab some of that relevancy, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I am, I am sort of glad that the more I engage with these types of discussions, and we just sort of shut it down and say that's not really an argument. That's not really a point. It is encouraging to me that there's there seem to be more people embracing being like a thoughtful gamer like okay you know i'm not going to do this fanboyism or i'm going to do my research i'm going to read blogs i'm going to get involved i i do appreciate that i've been doing this a long time and i think in the early days one of the things that always frustrated me is there were a lot of gamers that just didn't seem to have any clue about what was going on they would just kind of fire from the hip and say things and i feel like that used to be about half of the chat half the chat had no clue what was going on just saying nonsense and I really feel like the scales are tipping. There's way more people that are that are plugged in, clued in. They know what's going on, and I, I think that's made you know coverage and conversations a little bit more tolerable because it can get a little bit frustrating when there seems like there's a narrative driver, there's axe grinding going on, and I, I, that's that seems to be you know happening more and more when it comes to these consoles we, we can we can maybe do a slight head nod to halo before we shift gears here because i got i got a spicy one for the after show what do you guys make of the halo thing i mean they, they delayed the the season yeah. is this the current season is going to end up being like 10 months long they, they're having this weird mini season the free 30-day battle pass uh that's going to take you from you know november the 8th to march whenever when then season three kicks off and then in that announcement, they also announced season four's date, basically, assuming that there's no mid-season delay, et cetera. Um, Halo Infinite is is an absolute trouble. Like, it's it's a game that continues to struggle. It's not a game that I would say is down and out. Like, they're, you know, if they can fix the 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 team and get their structure up and running and, and figure out these bottlenecks, you know, here in a couple of years, if they're pumping out content, I think that's going to be great. Uh, they'll have to push marketing. They'll have to, like, you know, I guess the thing for me is that the one issue that I have with Halo is its progression. Like, hands down, has been that way since the beginning. Um, I love the concept that they said you can keep your battle passes. I think every battle pass should be that way. And I want Halo to be good. I think Forge will help alleviate a lot of the problems. I think Halo overall, you know, they got to put in the work. But 343 needs, they need a, they need some new leadership. They need some new names. They need some new champions behind the game they need to they need to get us rooting for them again and i think right now the momentum is more against 343 than it than it is i think it's i think it's more fun to be a part of the crowd that's just like gosh you know like we all are disappointed in halo we're all disappointed that this game isn't doing what it is and this is exactly what i was telling people was going to happen and they kept telling me i was wrong and once again i was like guys like you don't get it like you've got there's so much that you need to do and the thing i've you know i've stayed and not to continually bring up destiny but 
I've seen more people go and say, well, I guess time to reinstall Destiny if I want that kind of semi, you know, shooter experience. And the question that I was having before Infinite came out, I was like, why would I keep coming to Infinite over something like Destiny? It doesn't, it's not doing much. It's just Arena. Arena isn't enough. Arena mm. doesn't, you know, Arena for what we remember it to be back in the college dorms and high school, you know, where it's like, yeah, we're all with our friends and shooting each other and having a good time. But in today, when we talk about gaming today, Arena isn't enough to carry any franchise. Hmm. What do you think, Mike? I, I, I personally, I've said this before, I think on this podcast, I said 343 needs to get stripped of of this of this franchise they've had they've had it for more than enough time and they've their, their best game that they've created is the worst that bungie's ever created you see what i'm saying it doesn't even hold a stick to what bungie had when they were having halo uh and that talks about bungie how good of a game they make and 343 is just not on the same level when th this game is already it was a year late it was supposed to come out when it launched on the, on the new system. It was delayed yeah. a year. And here we are closing in on another year since it launched. And they still don't have their stuff together there. I, I've played every single Halo with my brother as co-op, couch co-op, matter of fact. Okay. Now, obviously, couch co-op is being completely stripped from the thing. From their words, they said they, they missed the ball uh, on the Halo 5. And they said that they would never do that again. And they would have couch co-op and split screen in the game here on out and then they already went back on that word already it's done right yeah it's done right Ugh. so they're still doing they're still doing the 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 co-op stuff where you play online or whatnot and i said this yesterday i said i i think this is a play on the family plan that's coming out for xbox right because and, and hear me out here for a second because if I can play couch co-op with my son then I only need one Xbox to to play right but if to play co-op now I need two Xboxes and I need two game passes or I need the family plan that's coming out to to get it so this might be a marketing way of Xbox saying you know what we're not going couch co-op we need more people to get on game pass and again this is my speculation i'm not saying this is what they're doing but this is what i believe that they're they're in that way of pushing people to get and, and Phil Spencer said that Halo is not going to make or break the franchise. This this game is not going to make or break the franchise. They're not selling games anymore. They're selling a service. The service mm -hmm. is Game Pass. So the, 343 is doing exactly what they want them to do, right? What Microsoft wants them to do, which is slow and steady, stretch this content out of subpar game, okay? And it's good, still great value for Game Pass because there's just tons of games that you can play on Game Pass and they want to sell more. They want they want to make sure they're making a billion dollars a month off Game Pass, and they can't do that if everyone's doing split screen on certain games. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And I said when we had the Splitgate, you know, rise and it got really hot, you know, hopping, and everybody's really excited about Halo. I I said we might be on the cusp of the comeback of the arena, and we're not. We are clearly not on the comeback of the arena because. Splitgate just announced today they're done. They're they're ending they're ending support of that game. Uh, Splitgate will have an end of life, and that is probably in relation to some of what we're saying, right? Like th there is not a draw, there is not a pull, at least not a strong enough pull for Arena. It just isn't. Um, they're you know they're going to roll out a new battle pass on September the fifteenth. It'll be free and game support will continue. There'll be smaller updates and fixes, but our focus will be on entirely on a new shooter that we can't wait to share with you. So Splitgate 
is basically done and it's it's pretty clear to me that Halo also needs to consider they could also be done with respect of having the draw of an arena. I just I yeah. hate that that's the reality because like I cut my teeth on Quake 2, Quake 3, Unreal Tournament. Yeah, th- those were the godfathers of the arena shooter and yeah. you know, this this is probably I think the end of an era because if Splitgate couldn't pick up the ball and run with it as great of a job as they were doing and the demand that they had and the support the financial support that they started getting then I I think it's over I think a BR a BR is almost a must at this point which could be oh, in absolutely. relation to in relation to why they're delaying everything because they're going to want to come out just absolutely swinging and that's likely a part of the strategy the fact that this wasn't on the list because originally they were targeting their BR actually for 2022. That's what's been kind of showed off behind closed doors. And when it comes down to it, like the fact that they don't have it and it's not that. And and the thing is, is that arena doesn't have to just get, you don't have to right click delete, but it's not something that's strong enough to stand up on its own anymore. And as soon as you guys, like as soon as the gaming population admits that, then then it's great because you can still have arena and you can still have vr and you can have that in fact that's actually the strategy you have to have you the more offerings that you can give players the better and so because you're going to speak to different uh, different communities and different groups and so the fact that halo still doesn't have its br that's going to be something that holds them back and the fact that that br is not listed on the roadmap says that if at a minimum it sounds like maybe maybe season four is when they introduce it and they have to introduce it if they if halo infinite wants to be something they, that would be a real spectacle going into the summer um and honestly i would say at this point they shouldn't announce it it should literally be like hey guess what guys it's june 28th here's your br you're like boom, boom and halo br people can go play it they get the big streamers on it etc cetera, etc cetera. because what are still the big games like even warzone warzone 2 getting ready to come out you know like that's what people are interested in and playing and it doesn't mean that they can't iterate and make it their own thing it's just that that's the reality right fighting games no longer are the biggest draw right i've accepted that but i still love them i still Mm -hmm. play them but yeah i don't i don't don't see halo becoming this massive br especially if microsoft uh it will go through when once call duty is theirs yeah they'll have that they're not going to make another br to compete against their br game you know what i mean like warzone is is hand over fist just making money and and halo's a subpar yeah. experience right now so i don't i don't see that turning around anytime soon well yeah, i still think halo should come to playstation but anyway <laughs> oh gosh oh my gosh we had a huge debate about game pass coming at no i'm not even saying it oh, golly anyway <laughs> you said it you said uh, it here we go i can't wait this is what i really can't wait for oh because it's gonna taste so good when we find out that they couldn't add halo infinite split screen because of the xbox series s because i think that's what's going on Mm. i think that's why starfield has been delayed i think that's why you're not going to get split screen you have a flagship title you have halo coming out and being like yeah we're not doing split screen we're cutting it why what would be the reason i don't understand the only thing i could think of is they can't do it on the series s because if you look at the comparisons to how this game runs on the Series S to the Xbox One X, the older console, look at the comparisons. It basically has performance parity with the last generation's console. And I know people are going to want to blame 343 for that, but I'm telling you, this is another notch in the belt. This is another notch in the belt. The Series S is a problem. 
and and we're beginning to see I think evidences of that right now with a flagship title saying we have to abandon split screen I, I can't see the Xbox Series X is way too strong for me to believe that that console is the problem or the architecture of this game is the problem I think they have a massive bottleneck and you're going to continue to see this happen and Starfield will be checkmate I think that will be when the final chess piece moves and people realize holy moly this thing is holding back this ecosystem that's 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 what I think Chat chat's saying it's still on the Xbox One, and if if that's the case, I don't I don't know because is is Halo Infinite on Xbox yes. One? Yeah, yeah, because there's a so, break there's a breakdown of performance so on the Xbox One X and the S. Wouldn't wouldn't that be the reason that they can't do split screen? Not because of the S. I mean, I totally get what you're saying about as far as Starfield uh, being held back because of the S, but wouldn't be the lower denominator be because of the Xbox One? No, because I there there would have been there would have been zero problem coming out and saying we can only give a split screen on the Series S and the X. Mm. They want they want parity between the S and the X, and I guarantee you they couldn't get it, and that's why this is happening. I don't think anybody would have batted an eyelid at, at them saying we couldn't give you a split screen on the Xbox One X because that's not that that audience isn't going to expect that. They would they would understand it's it's a super old system, and mm. they built you know this is a newer Halo now. I'll, I'll grant that maybe that was a policy of if we're going to do something, it needs to work on all the Xboxes, maybe because of things Phil Spencer said about this game and about on any Xbox, blah, blah, blah. It's possible that that's related. I'm I'm telling you, my spidey sense is just ringing like a doorbell when it comes to that Series S. That's, that's my gut instinct on it. Stealth, Stealth in chat says, a, uh, he read a rumor yesterday that the S is going to be discontinued and is going to stop making it due to performance issues. I, that sounds, I don't know if that's that sounds plausible cons- considering it's selling two to one to its Xbox Series X's. Like they're, they're selling the S's like crazy. And I, I, I totally get what you guys are saying. Like th- they, they could discontinue it, but Xbox is making a ton of money with no disk drives and they're selling Game Pass. You see what I'm saying? That that S, every S that they sell, that's that's guaranteed Xbox Series uh, or Game Pass on that system because that's where they're making the money from. Yeah, I mean, and someone in chat is saying the Xbox One X does not outperform the Series S. The hardware in the Series S is faster and stronger than the One X. I I don't know why you're typing stuff that's just. I mean, that's just literally false. There's nothing out there that would substantiate that. None of the tech breakdowns, none of the analysis would tell you. There, there's no way to type that sentence and have it and be taken seriously. The S is not faster or as strong as the X. Well, it is a weaker system. I, I agree, He's but when talking I talking about the One X, right? No, but here's a here's an example. Actually, I, I kind of kind of believe this because when I play Sea of Thieves with my son, he's on the S and I'm on the X, and his loads much faster than mine, and I don't understand why. Oh, he's talking about the One X. I thought he was talking about the Series X. I was like, "What in the Blame world?" Blame Microsoft for the names of this guy. Okay, like, yeah, like, I was so, like, it's so easy to seri- have misunderstandings because all their the, names are the sim- so similar. The, the series, the Series S, for some reason, loads certain games faster than my Series X. Right, and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, why the hell is he beating me into a game much faster? And I don't get it. So That's maybe, I, maybe someone tech wise could tell me why that happens because the, the s1 ax 
the, 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 the sex yeah the S- well like, uh, i don't know why microsoft <laughs> is he is he is he getting in off of a quick resume are you playing more games throughout the week and you're not getting in off of a quick I, resume? i have i do have more games that i play but he's he logs out because he does play a lot of different games off of game pass but every time me and him go into see if thieves fresh start he's in the game way before i am and i'm still on that load screen it's weird I wonder if the install is different on the Series S. Like, is it smaller, texture smaller, something? Maybe. That, yeah. that he gets in quicker. That's interesting that just that yeah. game specifically does that. Smart delivery is really interesting because it allows them to, you know, kind of target what, what your hardware is. So if you don't need the assets, it doesn't doesn't need to deliver that to you. They're, um, yeah, they're saying in chat, it's a lower resolution. There's less to load. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, it's less beefy. That makes sense because... and And that's the problem is... What are you going to do with Starfield? If you're taking right. Sea of Thieves down to 1080, so th- and then, oh, great, it loads faster, but you, you can't do that to a game like Starfield. It'll look horrible if you start having to give those kind of... Perf- we're, we're beating a dead horse because we've talked about this before, so I don't want to... I, I feel bad for the Series S. We kind of pick on it. I, I got a spicy one for the after show, so I'm going to let these guys tell you where to find their content, but if you are not a member here on Reforge Gaming... This is a great reason to become a member because we do an extra talk show every day for members and this is one of them. We do a little quick like 30 minute after show with the guys and uh, I wanted to save The Last of Us for them. I want to know what they think about the price point, the reviews. Some reviews are, are knocking the price, are knocking their review scores down quite a bit because of the price after praising it. So I'm going to have what them weigh in on what they think. You, you got You got to pay to hear that one. So Tell us where the best place to find you and your content is 30. Take it away, and I'll get all of the alerts going out about the, the next stream. Uh, you can find me at uh, youtube.com slash 30 and still gaming Monday through Thursday, 10 o'clock in the morning till noon Eastern. I do a show called The Daily Grind. We go over topics of pop culture, video games, and whatnot. And it's just a random bunch of facts not as organized as as lono is in the mornings with topics uh and then on monday through thursday nights 8 p.m eastern we do 30 plays i play different games across uh throughout the week and then on thursday night 8 p.m eastern we have a podcast called generation x gaming which goes over a few of the top stories in the past week and we rant along the way so that's where you can find me 30 and still gaming type it into google you'll you'll find everything about me go ahead ginger well uh for me ginger prime uh i think our links are in the description as my kids bang on the door from Ah, oh, cute children. <laughs> the, uh, but uh, you can find me uh, on uh, Ginger Prime is my main uh, content. And then you can go from there to uh, Work to Game, uh, which is my Twitch. I stream over on uh, Twitch on Fridays. I play uh, a lot of MMOs, uh, namely New World, Final Fantasy XIV, uh, Multiverses. That's not an MMO, but I love it. And uh, yeah, just uh, check it out. I actually will also put my link in chat if you guys uh, need it and uh, start there. And it will direct you to wherever you need to go. Because uh, I make a lot of content and a lot of channels. Well, if you enjoy watching these guys in the evenings, or the evenings is a good time for you. Like if you uh, if you're around, you know, 8 p.m. Eastern on those Thursdays, check out Mike, check out Ginger on Friday nights, or if you're a member, check out Friday night streams here on Reforge Gaming. My wife and I are going to be playing some fun games tonight. We currently have a member goal. If you want to make us play, uh, she really does not want to play it. Genital jousting. She's very upset about that. That that's a goal. So. <laughs> We're trying to hit that. That should be very fun. And J Stubbles just gifted 10 memberships. I'm going to try to give you guys about a minute to claim them. They were not working earlier today. So do your best to click allow gifts. Uh, go to join. Click the three dots at the top. Go to your gifting options and try to allow gifts. You might have to turn it off and back on again. We've been having issues with gifted memberships. So if these don't get distributed, J Stubbles, I'll connect with you in Discord because you may have to 
try to get a refund. They were not working earlier today, and the gift in our in our member count didn't go up. Actually, let me check and see if it did. I, I hate to do this at the end of the show and kind of drag it out and kind of vamp, uh, but they did mess up earlier today. Let me see if we just bumped by 10, because I know what the member count was uh, before we came over here. Yes, and it has not bumped by 10. So we'll, I'll keep an eye on that, and if it doesn't bump by 10... Um, you're supposed to get a refund if it doesn't work. Uh, people are, for whatever reason, unable to claim them. So if you guys can hear my voice and click, click allow gifts in the chat, please do that. We are going to put a link in chat as well. That's where we're headed. That's going to be a link to the after show. And uh, we're going to pick the, the these, these gentlemen. They're going to pick their brain about the pricing and the review scores. Was hoping to sneak a few more in. Yeah, we used to do that. You know, I call it Operation Joystick. Give everybody a joystick and get them into the members-only content. That's why we like doing those gifted members at the end of a stream. But something is going on. They used to get claimed almost immediately, and now they're either super delayed or not at all. And I am very sorry about that. If I could fix it, better believe that I would. So I'm going to put a link in chat, and we're going to go ahead and start the process of the redirect. It should redirect all members to the new stream. If not, click the link in chat. And let's uh, let's pray that those gifts get grabbed in the next couple of seconds while we're doing this. Mm, YouTube's like how they being said a, ginger chair. YouTube's being a little slow. There we go. They've been man, I tell you, it's like every time they uh, YouTube makes progress, so they gotta definitely shoot themselves in the foot half the two time. steps forward, mm-hmm. three steps back. Yeah. I even now have a, a link for my chair because I actually partnered with a Secret Labs after having their. I'm using their chairs for years, so anybody who wants a chair, I have a link. (laughs) It will directly support me. Sweet. Hey, if you clicked on this, you might have missed it. It was a live show, after show for members. We are going to be talking about The Last of Us, the reviews, the pricing, the controversy, and we actually wanted to save this for members because I've, I've kind of worn myself out this week talking about it. I couldn't even play the game for an hour without just the debate brewing up in chat. So we're going to end the roundtable and bring people over. If you listened to the Reforge roundtable, enjoyed the show, remember to click subscribe, check us out on YouTube, all those things. And I'm going to end that and bring folks over. Thanks a bunch for supporting us. And that show is now ended. So 